Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. One time for the birthday, bitch. Two times for the birthday, bitch. Three times for the birthday, bitch. Fuck it up and bitch your birthday, bitch. Fuck it up and bitch your birthday, bitch. Now be careful. We can only play like so much of this before we get sued. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like 15 seconds. I cut it off right at 14. But, boy, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I think I'm upset that neither one of us got the first fuck on our episode. Like, that might be a first, right? <laughs> Yeah, that someone else got it, other than That's the two of us. Kind of disappointing and maybe inconsiderate. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, it happens. We'll learn from this, we'll grow from this, and we'll be better from this. <laughs> we'll make sure that it's always either one of us Amen. that gets it well, first. Laura, it's been so long since I've seen you. Yeah, like a whole 30 hours. <laughs> Who's counting, am I right? <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm back in Grand Rapids recovering from our, our weekend of fun. And, and we'll talk a lot about that at length. But but Laura, just as as you approached your Monday after a fun weekend of togetherness and birthday celebrations, how was your Monday? How are you doing today? It was good. I'm tired. I woke up this morning and was like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't exactly have a weekend that I would call restful. Like, it's one of those things where, like, it's fun and it's recharging in a different way, I think. Like, my heart is full, but my, like, mm-hmm. energy meters are quite low. Like, my bags under my eyes are intense. I just, like, I am exhausted after the weekend that we had. I'm grateful that we had it, but I'm tired. Yeah, I, and I mean, it's, I did, it's not like I did a ton of stuff yesterday on Sunday. But I did do some things, like, normal things that I do to get ready for the week, but and I, I don't even remember what time I went to bed, but I woke up this morning to get ready for work, and I was just like, "Good God!" Like <laughs> I know, I like usually try to be in at like eight thirty at the like latest, and I got in at like nine today because I was just so lazy in the morning. I worked from home today, and I was still fifteen minutes late. That's so... impressive. I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like amazed by that, to be honest. <laughs> So I don't know what that says about me, but it's okay. I made up for it. I took a shorter lunch. Um, uh, but a moral high ground, Laura here. Well, I didn't want people thinking that I, you know, am slacking off at my new job. Ask um, me how much vacation time I took for missing Thursday and Friday of work. None. Period. <laughs> I know because you did work on Friday before we. I did actually. That's a good point. It's not like I just didn't do anything. <laughs> Right. I didn't do anything, but I also spent, used eight of my 10 earned vacation hours that I have so far. But, you know, I, I'm good. Uh, the weather has been like shockingly nice in Ohio. Um, we'll, walk, we'll also talk about that later on as well. But yeah. yeah, it's just been like crazy windy. So my door. It has been rattling a lot because there's like a, I sound like I live in like a shithole, but <laughs> my door just rattles when it's really windy. But yeah, other than that, I had a really boring training this afternoon for work. 
and I, yeah, responded to some birthday messages today. There you go. You gotta do what you gotta do, even if it's the whole three days late, four days late at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've been busy. We were doing things. Booked and busy. That is true. I spend the majority of my day, Grand Valley right now is on spring break. And so for me, this is like my time to like do things without having students coming in. And and you know this. I mean, it's my favorite part of my job is talking to students and being around students, which is like part of the issue because then I would rather do that than like do the stuff that I'm supposed to do as somebody who's in charge of what I'm in charge of. And so I am glad to be able to actually do that kind of stuff this week. It's been like a creative Monday. And so I feel pretty good. I'm excited for it. I did have a little bit of an existential crisis, not about like what I do for work, but like about like one of the things that we're doing at work. And so I was like, you know, those moments where you're like, let's throw it all away. Why do we do this? <laughs> yes. I, have very regularly. I had that moment with, with something at work. And so here's something that I don't have too many of those this week. My God. Yeah, let's let's try and avoid that, I think. Yeah, don't give be... Jeremy free time or else he'll just flip something on his head and just like start it over. That is true. If if someone gives you too much um rope, you definitely tend to like backtrack um all over everything that you've already done. So that let's is keep it strategic... high and tight. Yeah, that's the strategic planner in me, my friends. That is that is me to a T. But yes, I mean like I feel good, it'll be a good week. We've got Fingers crossed, bearing any natural disasters for either one of us. We've got two good episodes coming up this week, which I'm excited for. It feels like it's been a minute since we've been consistent with that because of life and all the other things. And thanks for for not being mad at us for not releasing a birthday or an episode on Friday. Friday was Laura's actual birthday, and and nope. amidst the fact Thursday was sorry, <laughs> it was Thursday. Thursday, which we record the night before, so that's why my brain was like messed up. We did not record on Laura's birthday, therefore we did not release on Friday. And we were going to release on Friday, but then we got back from the Blue Jackets game when we were tired. And then on Saturday, um, well, Saturday was an adventure and we'll talk about it. <laughs> we got home much later on Saturday than anybody would have anticipated. And I think that people know why. Mm -hmm. So it's been good. It's been good. But we've got, I mean, like... We've got a lot to talk about. I mean, it's it's fascinating because, you know, I think we kind of expected for Friday. Friday was interesting because we had talked about recording on Friday, but we didn't want to record or release until three, just in case the Blue Jackets did something before the trade deadline. Obviously, they didn't on deadline day, but but we haven't talked about any of the moves that the Jackets have made at all during this little you know, segment of time. And, and I think that we are not breaking any news. And if we are, are you okay? How was your coma? Welcome back. <laughs> How's that rock you've been living under? I know. We're not breaking any news to you all, but we'll share our, our thoughts because you know what, even a week after it happened, we're still allowed to talk about it and have our opinions uh, because mm -hmm. uh, we have a podcast. And if you don't want to listen to us talk, you pick the wrong medium. You pick the wrong thing. Or if you don't want to hear any more about the trade deadline, just fast forward like a few minutes or so. Yeah, that's true. There might be some fatigue about it, but maybe we'll give a little bit of an interesting twist to it. I don't know. I don't have anything super unique to say about it, to be honest with you. But, but yeah, I mean, like, we got to talk about it. I mean, the Jackets definitely made some moves. I think the funniest part was um, <laughs> the fact that the you know Blue Jackets' first trade was none other than... Gus Nyquist. <laughs> I know, which was on nobody's bingo board because the reality is, is there was just like 
no, no chance in my brain that he was going to be the first guy traded, let alone like whether or not he was even going to get traded. I mean, the NHL released a statement saying that they are going to like highly scrutinize any draft pit or any trades rather that that could potentially be seen as like, uh, you know, salary cap, um, you know, circumvention. And so the Jackets weren't able to get what they wanted out of Gus Nyquist, but the Minnesota Wild didn't have to put them on LTIR. And so they are the winners of this prize. And the Jackets retained half of the salary and they got a fifth round pick out of it. I mean, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel terrible to me. It kind of reminds me of of the Riley Nash trade a couple of years ago, where it was like Riley was hurt. They put mm. a condition on it, and somehow, some way, <laughs> they managed to uh, you know get that conditional sixth round pick instead of a seventh round pick out of Toronto. And so this one doesn't have any conditions on it. It's just a straight up fifth round pick. Laura, what were your thoughts when Gus got traded? Well, I mean, obviously I was sad because I loved Gus and thought he was a great member of our team. And obviously he's was a member of the leadership group and all that sort of stuff. And of, of course, it always sucks whenever a player has to leave, like not on ideal circumstances because he got injured and hasn't been playing. So didn't even really get to have like his proper farewell with Columbus and stuff like that. And um, you know, but I am happy for him it, that he potentially gets an opportunity to, if he, you know, heals up in time that he could play for Minnesota in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I am, I'm sad about Gus and he didn't get nearly the amount of attention, uh, for his trade as the next two trades did. So, um, that kind of overshadowed his situation, but it was unique that he was the first one to go. And I think the thing that I, I mean, I think naturally it felt like Vladislav Gavrikov would be there were the rumors about Boston. Obviously that didn't happen. And we talked a little bit about that with Kyle. And so when that happens, I mean, like, I don't know that I got stressed, but I was like, man, like what, when is this Gus or when is this not Gus trade? When is this Gavi trade going to happen? And they finally did. And it came with a package that I think a lot of folks maybe saw coming. I know that a lot of folks, you know, when they were doing their whole armchair GM thing, they were, they were putting together Corpy and Gavi trying to get the best that they could out of, out of the return. And that's exactly what the jackets did. And I gotta say, I feel pretty okay about the return. Yeah. I mean, I think, and the, and the return is interesting and, kind of complicated, but I think works. Like we we traded Gavi and Corpy both to the, the LA Kings and in return got a conditional first round pick and the shortest running goaltender in Blue Jackets history, Jonathan Quick. <laughs> yeah, um, that has to be damn near true. <laughs> and we sort of entered into this like accidentally basically we entered into this sort of dramatic situation with the Kings because Jonathan Quick, their long-term goaltender, helped them win at least one Stanley Cup, I think, too. Um, you know, they kind of shadily traded him away. Um, and a player like him, you would expect, would get some sort of, like, communication or respect or, like, you know, any sort of option. And you know, he said in some interviews now that the, the situation is is over that 
he, you know, likes Columbus. It's just he did not assume that he would be traded, well, first of all, at all, but also to the last team in the league that's not competing for anything and doesn't really need technically a goaltender of his caliber for their last 20 games. So Yarmo did the classiest of classy things and really fought to try and find another trade deal for Jonathan Quick in the very small time frame that he had left of the trade deadline. And ultimately, kind of at the wire, uh, Vegas agreed to take on Quick. And in exchange, we got another goaltender. Yeah, we did. And, and so Michael Hutchinson actually made his debut, uh, which was cool. We also got a seventh round pick. Don't forget the seventh round pick in 2025. Oh, yes. Could, could be someone great. <laughs> sure it will be. Sure it will be. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, I think the biggest piece of that is just the classiness of the Jackets organization. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, that was not part of the returns the Blue Jackets were asking for, right? I mean, like the Jackets didn't want Jonathan Quick. And that's no disrespect to the player, but like – you know, what do you need? We just him don't really? need him right now. Yeah, yeah, no, and and especially at this point in his career, right? I mean, you never know. This could be this guy's last year of his career, and you know, to you know, obviously, it sucks to not be able to finish your career in LA if you're Jonathan Quick, because like you mentioned, I mean, two Stanley Cups there. You know, he never won a Vesna. I think he actually finished second to Sergei Bobrovsky during the. I think maybe I'm wrong. When when Bob won his first Stanley or first Vesna, Bob certainly hasn't won a Stanley Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. I would be a much happier man if he had. But but yeah, I think you know that's just kudos to the Jackets for for getting that done. And and he's even like you said, I mean like he's even thanked the Jackets in in the way that they handled this whole thing. And I always like when we can look like the good guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that much. And and especially when you talk about the franchise that he got dealt to who is uh, ceremoniously terrible to their goaltenders. So I, I'm glad he's happy to be there. Uh, I really hope they <laughs> get up in the playoffs. I hope the Kings and the Knights find each other in the second round more than anything. Yeah. I think it would be the ultimate like justice if he could get like a playoff, sh- like shut out against the Kings. Like he just like oh, completely becomes a brick wall and at the end of it, just like takes off his mask and yells, fuck you across the ice. Correct. I would enjoy it. I would, I would watch that. I'm pretty sure he'd get a fine or something, but I think it'd be worth it. I think it would absolutely be worth it. He can use the, the part of the salary that the jackets retained to to pay that fine because I would like for my franchise to help him through that time. But but yeah, I think the the biggest trade for me of the weekend, though, like the thing that was the most important to me when I look at the future of this team is something in which the Jackets don't even really benefit from. And it's, uh, you know, it's the trade from uh, or with Arizona, rather, Jakob Voracek. Jakob Voracek was traded to, to the Arizona Coyotes, which in all honesty was the signal that his career is done, right? Like he, he's not going to play again. And I, I think if the Jackets really thought that he could, then maybe they wouldn't entertain a steal. Maybe they would have still, though. I mean, like I like being able to shed that eight point two five million dollars off of 
off of your cap hit next year. I mean, the rest of the guys, whether that be Corby or or Gavi or Gus, like those are three guys that were UFAs at the end of this year. Like they were coming off of the books anyway. So when people are like, oh, the Jackets traded away 20, uh, nah, 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 calm down. Like the Jackets, th- that was going to fall off. What the Jackets did was they traded away $8.25 million off of their cap hit for next year, which is a big deal. That is a big, big deal. Gives them a chance to be a little bit of a player in the offseason if they want to be. Gives them a chance to make a move or two here or there. And and that's a big win in a league where cap space is coming at a premium. (laughs) And so kudos to the Jackets. Kudos to Yarmo. I mean, I think that's worth the six-round pick that they lost. And they picked up John Gillies in the return, which uh, I don't know why. I couldn't begin to tell you. I'm sure there's a reason. And I'm sure that, that they, one day he'll say it. But why was John Gillies driving to Cleveland after he was assigned from Tucson? Um, I just drove five hours from Columbus to Grand Rapids yesterday, and I wanted to throw up. Maybe, I don't know, it t- costs a lot to ship a car. I, listen, I know this man's not making a ton of money. But also they probably were like, you don't need to play anytime soon. So do you get, okay. Follow-up question. Mm. This is me coming from like a working class American. Do you think he gets mileage? Like, do you think he's going to get mileage reimbursed? I mean, I would assume so. Would you? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they would pay to fly him out here. You would think. So I'm wondering, I wonder what it is. Anyway, I'm just being, I'm just being cynical at this point. I don't know why he's doing he's it. Probably sing- he's probably single. I don't know if he is, but like, and maybe has like a pet or something and like, who knows? But maybe he is, a af- no, he couldn't be afraid of flying. Um, maybe he just likes a good road trip. Maybe, which I respect. And I will say, if there's any, any hockey players that understand a road trip, these AHL guys, they take buses a lot of places. They're not flying everywhere. It's kind of a pain in the ass. So I, I maybe maybe it's just the way that he knows. Yeah, maybe he just feels more content on the open road. And kudos to him. But because that is basically yeah, that, almost all the way across the country to go to Tucson to Cleveland. So I mean, he'll get to see a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe it's just like the fun of it, the novelty of being able to travel across country and and all that kind of stuff. Who knows? But this man wasn't there. Didn't we have another player that drove from somewhere to Columbus? I feel like it was like New Jersey or something, and they drove themselves and their girlfriend. I can't, or it was, oh, I don't know what I'm thinking. I, of. I could be wrong. Keith Kincaid. Was it? I think so. I think Keith Kincaid and his girlfriend, now wife, drove when he got traded here from New York. No. Where was yeah, Keith Kincaid? So, right? The Rangers? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe, maybe, oh, no, no, no. He played for the Rangers last year. I think it was the up. No, who the fuck? <laughs> oh, now I, now I feel embarrassed. Neither, rarely does neither one of us fully know the answer to it. Uh, right. Was it New Jersey? I think it was. 
Oh, speaking of, he got traded again. Did you see him play the other night for, oh, probably because we were watching it together and he replaced Alexander Georgiev. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. Um, And his pads were from like two teams ago. Yeah. Well, they were his Boston pads. Like they were his Providence pads. Yes. That's how many teams Keith Kincaid has been on. I was okay. Wait, so we traded for him. Jesus, when did he play? Because he never played for the Jackets. So I'm looking at his like career stats, and there's no, no, but he dressed. Didn't he dress the season we swept the Lightning? Yes. So the 2019. Devils. Final answer: the Devils. Okay. Yeah, wow, I, I think I think it was him that drove from New Jersey with his wife, girlfriend. Good for him. Goalies are a different breed, but we've been now. That's true. But yeah, uh, well, all of that in mind. Is there <laughs> anything else deadline related that that's on your radar or things that you wanna wanna reflect? No, on? I mean, I think some people are upset that Yarmo didn't do anything like massive as far as like returns for us. But I was having this ironically, I was having this conversation with my mom today because she asked like, how did the trade she doesn't know anything about hockey so she was like how did the trade thing go and I was just like explaining it to her and I was like I'm not disappointed in what happened I mean we ended up being able to clear like 20 million dollars in cap space so that means we can have a really eventful off season if necessary and like honestly we don't like the place that we're at right now and not really having the time to like talk to someone about like the future and like what the plan is and honestly just wasting the time of a UFA for the last 20 days. That's not going to maybe sign with us to begin with. Like there's really no reason to bring someone fancy in to the fold at this point, unless you have an absolute guarantee that they're signing like at least you know, for a decent term, like three or four years. So there's just no point right now for us to do any of that. So I know that people are disappointed and obviously people, you know, were disappointed that the chicken thing, you know, we kept being (laughs) put into that nonsense and he could not have gone more opposite of coming to Columbus. So, you know, but thankfully that drama is all over and we can stop talking about it, but yeah, I, I'm perfectly fine. I mean, it was, I'm obviously going to miss those guys. And it was really like weird to just watch a portion of the Kings game the other night when Corpy dressed for the first time and had an incredible, you know, incredible game, got, a, you know, his first win for them. Um, I think he's the one I'm probably the most sad about losing is Corpy. Which that feels like a development for you. I feel like a lot of Corpy happened for you this year. I feel like you, I feel like up until this year, you probably would have said Gabby would have been a little bit more upsetting, but I think Corpy grew on you this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I definitely resonated more with him this year and just like the difficult, the the difficulty of his circumstances and knowing the business end of it from, for the team too. And it's sort of like, a rock and a hard place where you don't want to get rid of someone who has been so loyal to your, you know, to your franchise and has, you know, really put their heart and soul and, 
you know, put their body literally on the line and, you know, fought super hard to come back from that. You don't, from a, like an emotional standpoint, you don't want to let that go. Um, but then you, you look from the player and like, what's the best circumstance for them. And, you know, Corpy deserves a chance. Like he deserves a chance to really play and, to really show what he can get, you know, what he's got. And LA is going to give him that opportunity. I don't know that he'll, or if they'll even offer like to sign him at the end of the season, but you know, at least it's, he's getting that chance right now. And that's what, that's the least we could do in this circumstance. Well, and I honestly don't even know what their goalie room looks like in terms of, of what their, you know, future and goal looks like. I mean, Phoenix Copley's got two years left on his deal, but then, I mean, really, really, other than that, uh, I mean, Kyle Peterson is somebody. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm rooting for him. You know that, uh, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But Laura, the Blue Jackets played hockey. In the midst of all of this, uh, we, went to the, we went to the arena on the third, the day after your birthday, to check out the Jackets and the Kraken uh, for Oliver Bjorkstrand's uh, Blue Jackets away debut, like his first time playing at Nationwide Arena as as a visitor. And that was, I mean, all I got to say is like, you know, uh, Oliver. And for those who are not going to watch that video clip, the whole, his gesture of like, you know, tapping his heart and like pointing and waving to everybody. Like that was cool. I found myself like, it wasn't really sad. I didn't find myself being sad, which is a little out of character. I would say like when he got traded, I think he was maybe my favorite blue jacket. And so I, that, that sucked, but there was something about like watching from, you know, the, the Cleveland or at that time, Lake Erie monsters Calder cup victory, his game winning goal to seal that. I mean, his game winning goal against the the lightning and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like all of that was just, I smiled the whole time. I was like, so happy that he was back and, and it was cool to see him there. He's just one of those players that I like really will always root for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I, w- I wouldn't necessarily consider myself sad. It was more of like a, looking back at all the good times situations, like just all of the success and like tracking his growth as a player, like through his experiences in, you know, the Columbus franchise and in Cleveland and all that sort of stuff. And just seeing that he, you know, he's still the same Oliver that he was when he was in, in Columbus and, you know, his, his gestures to the crowd. I mean, the second the video started, everyone in the arena stood up and just started clapping and cheering. And, um, you know, his teammates were, were giving him the space that he needed to like watch the video from the bench. And, you know, he just in a very Oliver way, just very quietly and stoically, like just showed his appreciation. And, you know, it's those kinds of things that feel the most genuine. Um, and it was unfortunate though that he did end up getting injured um while playing in Columbus. I don't know what his status is as of right now, but so that was kind of a bummer. He didn't actually finish the game, but it just was really nice to see him and to be reminded of all of those good things that we had um 
through his, you know, through his play and everything. And just nice to have him home in the building. And, you know, I may or may not in my mind have been like, you can take Jack Rosovic, just leave Oliver here. Um, but, you know, no one heard my pleas. So they did not. Yeah. Yarma missed that one. And uh, that was all good and fine and fun. But the rest of the game was uh, terrible. Really. Yeah. Not really that fun. Uh, it was basically, oh God, I don't even really know how to describe it. It just feels like it was a little bit of what we've come to expect at this point. Right. I mean, the Jackets at least like give you the impression that they're going to be competitive a little bit. I mean, that game obviously is a 4 2 game. And, you know, they, they honestly, I mean, like, they took the lead, right? Like the first period was pretty dead. You know, the, the jackets were pretty even in shots with Seattle. It wasn't one of those periods that we've had recently where like, they're just outshot like 17 to three or some shit like that. It's 12, 10. I mean, it was pretty even just good, solid goaltending from both, both goalies. Right. I mean, both Ellis Merzlikens and I, I think it was Grubauer. Yeah, it was Grubauer and net for the Kraken. They both looked good. Second period, things start to open up a little bit in part because of some special teams play for both the Jackets and for the Kraken. So Patrick Laine got his, you know, 18th goal of the season, another power play goal. It seems like recently he just keeps striking on the power play, which is nothing but good news for the Jackets. If you're looking forward to next year, you obviously hope that you're figuring something out there. But then Jared McCann tied it up for the for the Kraken, scored his 30th of the season, became the first ever Kraken 30-goal scorer in franchise history. Call me Jeff Rimmer. Just going to talk about the Kraken here for a little bit because then Jordan Eberle scored, you know, made it 2-1. Third period comes around, and Adam Boquist tied it up. Like, I mean, like, that felt good. It felt good to see, the, you know, the Jackets fight back a little bit. It's one of those things where they've struggled to do that from time to time this season. They were outshot 11-5 in the second period, so – when, when the third period came around, you were just hoping that Elvis was going to get some run support. <laughs> and and Bokey did that. Bestie Bokey, BFF Bokey. Why, I don't even know why they call him that. Where, where did that start? Do you know? I don't really know. I think it's just because, like, of his smile, he, like, looks like everybody's best friend. Like, he has pretty very, true. like, golden retriever energy. He kind of does. It's pretty, that's, that's pretty accurate. And speaking of people who give off golden retriever energy, although maybe, like, not quite golden retriever energy. Alexander Wenberg scored the game winning goal for the Kraken with another power play goal. The Jackets, I mean, like haven't been terrible on the penalty kill this year, but they give up, you know, two power play goals. Uh, and ultimately that second one is the reason why they lose the game. Brandon Tanev added an empty net goal at the end. And it was just kind of downhill from there. I mean, that Patrick Line had a god awful turnover at the blue line that just sprung Tanev on, on a, on a breakaway. And those are the kind of moments where like, I know Patty's prone to turnovers, but I see that shit. And I'm like, now do you want Connor Bedard to be your line mate or like, what the fuck was that? Like, why, why, why are we paying you so much money? <laughs> Listen, who knows? But that one wasn't too great. And we didn't get a chance to really watch the, well, it's not that we didn't get a chance to watch it. We didn't watch the Ottawa game. We really only listened to what? the second and the third period. The third period, and we couldn't see it, but we'll tell you what we heard. And it wasn't Bam. great. Wasn't great. <laughs> Was not great. That's all I got to say about that. How about you? Yeah, we heard uh, Jacob. Trick- uh, yeah, Jacob Chickering get his first assist and his first goal as an Ottawa Senator, and that's about the highlight of that situation. Yeah, Elvis Merzlikens gets pulled. Uh, which is something to talk about, of course. 
I think a lot of that though, like that to me in some ways has something to do with trying to, trying to bottle up any amount of confidence that I think he's developed over the course of the last couple of weeks, which is good. And, you know, that feels like a, a team pool more than it feels like a goalie pool to me. And so, like I said earlier, Michael Hutchinson gets his first date, first ever taste of action as a blue jacket. I think he only let up one. Yeah. Only one. Yeah. Only one. So good for him. I mean, good to get his feet wet. He's definitely going to play some games here, here and there. I mean, I don't think the jackets are in any rush to, to play Daniel Tarasov up here in, in Columbus, because I mean, he's just now gotten back into the net in Cleveland, which is good news. And you don't want to rush him back up to the NHL. There's no reason for him to play in the NHL. He should just continue to start in Cleveland, help them push for a playoff run. And hopefully we'll we'll be talking about that a little bit in, in April and March because we're not going to be talking about Blue Jackets playoff hockey, but we'll see what Terry does. So not, not a great weekend of hockey for the Jackets, but they're definitely, they're definitely with some more hockey, Laura. There was. There was. But before there's more hockey, I – got to talk to you about something else that I think is pretty exciting. Let's see. Would that be winning money on DraftKings? Yeah, I was going to say, you might have to rack your brain for this one because I've never brought it up before. But, uh, yeah, it's a really great time for NBA fans because, you know, it's time to to really get that hoops action into the palm of your hand with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back i know some folks have been a little bit up in arms about the the calves i saw on our twitter today that people are upset about the scoring that they're doing they still have the best differential in points across the nba and uh if you're thinking i just learned that today you're dang right i just did i'm not much of an nba guy but i'll tell you what i would most days bet on the calves and and you can do that too uh whether you think Darius garland's gonna have a great game and the calves are gonna win do whatever you need to do have fun i hope his name's Darius garland anyway Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. I forget that deal is void in Ohio every time. But even though that deal is void in Ohio, first of all, we know we have listeners across the country. Shout out to y'all. And two, just bet on something else. Yeah. I do have a kind of a might sound like a stupid question. I love a question. But when exactly is the NBA season start to finish? Like, I feel like there's basketball all the time and I can't get a grasp. It also feels like important things in basketball are happening all the time. But I don't know. That's a good question. What their season is. It is almost identical to the NHL. It is like pretty much wow. like start in October, playoffs go through June. Like it, they wrap up maybe a couple of weeks in a normal year. Things have shifted a little bit with COVID. In a normal year, the NBA usually finishes a couple weeks after the NHL. But generally speaking, it is around around the same amount of time. They're both eighty-two game seasons and all that kind of stuff. And so it's very similar. It's very similar timelines. But the NBA's off season is a lot more spread out in terms of like, you know, 
newsworthy headlines and things like that. And then you've got, you know, they play summer league basketball, which is a lot of the prospects and all that kind of stuff. So basketball is spread out. Basketball is still the only professional sport I've never seen live. Really? That's funny because I have seen it live. (laughs) Wow. And that's unusual that I have seen a sporting event live that you haven't. Yeah, no, it's not very common. Yeah, my dad's my dad's job, they used to take um customers to Cavs games a lot when I was a kid. And this is back when the Cavs were um blue and orange. Yeah. Um and my like one weird like stat is to say that I saw Michael Jordan play um in Cleveland as a Chicago Bull. Fascinating. That does age me a bit. Not really. But but yeah, no, I saw him play for the Bulls uh, against the Cavs in Cleveland when I was a little kid. Love that. Well, Laura has seen it all. Not really, but... I, I mean, if you think about it, there are people in the age range of us that have seen Wayne Gretzky play, like... That's true. Which is wild. I wish. But I've seen like Maxim Mayorov play. All right. That's all you really <laughs> need to know. <laughs> oh, that was really funny to me, and I don't know why. But <laughs> all right. Well, we talked about like all of it, right? We've gone through the spectrum, but but really. Let's just talk about the weekend that we had. It was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, we went to the Jaggers game on Friday, which was a good time. But Saturday – oh, go ahead. Before we talk about Saturday, this is has nothing to do with hockey, but it's one of my favorite stories from my birthday weekend. Are you about to and, give a plug to our favorite Thai restaurant? Yes. So yeah. you came into town on my actual birthday. You got here around 6 o'clock on Thursday. And we had already determined that we were going to go get Thai food from this place that we love in Heath, which is the town next to Newark where I live. And we hadn't been to this place since before you moved to Michigan um, when you were still living in Athens and were able to come like up here more often. And so it had been like over a year for sure. And so we went in and it was pretty busy. They only had one table left. Um, so we sat down at the one table and it's a family owned Thai restaurant. It's called, uh, Royal Thai and Heath. And, um, that night it was like the, uh, the mom and the daughter running the show. I think there were probably a couple more people in the back, but those were the people that we saw. And the mother was just so sweet. She just, you know, was, she sat us and she got our drink orders and, you know, when Jeremy and I go to restaurants, we're like always very polite and cordial and like, you know, we d- never ever want to make it like difficult. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, where the fuck is my food? This shit's cold. <laughs> Send it back. There's a hair in this. Send it back. They could, I could order literally like a gourmet meal. And if they came out with a bowl of instant ramen, I would be like, thank you so much. I literally don't know how to do confrontation in a service industry because people are terrible to service industry people. And if you're one of those people who's like, definitely send back your food if it's not what you ordered. But if you're mean to people who work in the service industry, you're a dick. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Lauren. Like, there's a Taylor Tomlinson joke that is like, um, someone could bring out my food with a toupee in it and I would still eat around it and <laughs> just be like, this is delicious. <laughs> I clearly was wrong with what I ordered. <laughs> yeah, it's giving fiber. It's giving fiber yeah. for sure. Um, but no, so we go and, you know, we're having the, the mom is, you know, helping us and we like partially see the daughter at one point, but the daughter's who we've, um, interacted with before. And all of a sudden she comes out from the back and is like, oh my goodness. And like, just completely remember the two of us, like was so excited that we were there um all these sorts of things and was asking about our lives and you know everything and the the mother was actually being like shh, shh, like let them eat let them eat blah 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 um and it was so lovely and i don't know i i did tell them that it was my birthday because that's why you were here and all of a sudden she like runs to the back and comes out with this like here i'm going to reach over cuz it's behind my laptop um, but look, look what they gave me. It's, it's so this like cute. cute coffee mug that says, I love you for real. And then it's got this cute little puppy in it. And it was so just so fun. nice. And it just like made our whole evening because they just were so lovely. And the food is so good there. Like we both got the yellow curry and it was delicious. You got really good soup and I got really good crab rangoon. So yeah, if you're ever in Heath, Ohio and you want Thai food, go support Royal Thai because they're just the sweetest humans. But yeah, that was one of my favorite stories that had absolutely nothing to do with hockey. Well, but I just brought it up because I love them. They're so good. And their food slaps. Shit bang. Yes. So definitely go check them out. And we did not get paid to say that. But correct. In fact, I paid them to let me say that. Um, <laughs> let's be real. But yes, yeah, so we went to the game on Friday, which was a good time. Obviously, we were like waiting around. Speaking of gourmet food, ate some TJ's <laughs> country place for breakfast while we waited to see if Yarmo was going to be up to some shit. And then he was, and then we went to the game, had a couple of drinks afterward with Megan and Reese, which was great. Y'all know who that they are at this point. Um, and then Saturday, Saturday comes along. And what a journey Saturday was. Uh, so Saturday comes around and we are going to go pick up our friend, good old bucket hat Kyle from, from his place over uh, on the, on the North side of town and all's well car ride up's great. We discovered the world's greatest fried chicken in Cleveland, Ohio, at a Cleveland, Ohio gas station, but we did. Everything, everything's going well. And Laura and I, and by that, I mean me, I, absolutely power moved the fuck out of our tickets you did funny because we didn't really end up using them so i bought tickets also, in, we, uh, we haven't said what we were traveling to oh uh, we were traveling to the outdoor the cleveland monsters outdoor classic against the wilkes berry scranton penguins and so yes. we get up there we get 
get into the uh, stadium. I keep calling it an arena. I call it an arena the entire time we were there because I'm just so accustomed to it. And we get in, and I had bought tickets to the Cardiac Club, which if you're a Browns fan, maybe you know what that is. I had no idea what it was. That's the first time I've ever been in First Energy Stadium. And this place, y'all, let me tell you, if they do that again and you all go, Cardiac Club it up because – this place for our tickets, right? So our tickets were $79.99, but with or like $79.90 or whatever. Mm. And with that, we got access to this cardiac club, which was all you could eat food, free booze. I mean, you name it. I mean, it d- does not take you long to get up to $79 worth of arena or stadium food. And Private drink. bathrooms, like Hell bathrooms yeah. that were not open to the public. That was nice. That was lovely. It was really good. And so highly recommend that. It was good. We get our food. We eat. We're like, it's probably time to go out to like watch the game. It's like getting close to one. And one is the original puck drop time. And so we go out there and it's just not happening. And you get the sense that something's off because they're just like stalling at the beginning. They're just like shooting the shit and like, just like they're singing, don't stop believing on the PA. Like I, it was weird, honestly, like if I'm being totally, totally frank. And then you see a tarp come out <laughs> and then you see the players in plain clothes come out and start throwing, you know, t-shirts and stuff into the, into the stands. And you're like, Oh, this is getting delayed. And none of us knew how long. I was like, ah, it's probably going to be like a couple hours, like maybe, right? And they come over to the PA. They said, we're not starting this mug until six. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at you and I said, what? I and said, it oh, is one fifteen. Yeah. We, like, oh, we, can't, we can't stay here for this. Cause, I mean, we drove the two, two and a half hours from, from Central Ohio. And we were like, there's no way we're going we're gonna to wait this out. And uh, we were wrong. Uh, we ended up walking to a brewery, which was a journey and a half. I very much, these boots were not made for walking. <laughs> these boots were made for getting my happy ass in an Uber. And so we're still, I have fighting words for Matt Pfeffer, Mr. 614 Hockey himself. But we got there. We got there. Shout out to Masshead. That was actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up at Masshead Brewery and... It was us and our beloved Kyle and Matt Pfeffer and then um, randomly a magician and his wife. Uh, yeah, that are, Ted, I'll shout him out. Why not? Big Blue Jackets fans. Yeah, they're Big Blue Jackets fans. They're also friends with Matt. And they were absolutely lovely. And we all just had like four hours in this brewery. Um which got more and more entertaining for me because I was not drinking. Guys, I got this- drunk. Guys, <laughs> I got drunk. I don't drink really that often. Like I like very rarely drink. I had like two beers at the stadium and then I think I had four at the yeah, brewery. Which four at the brewery. A lot. And then <laughs> so another two another two when we went back to the arena. So by the time we were done drinking that day, I was sufficiently there. Like I'm just not a drinker. Like so yeah it was uh entertaining because you and kyle both got um a little tracy face and you're both very like lovely to deal with when you're drunk because you're both very like complimentary and like you want to be respectful you don't know how loud you're talking sometimes but i don't know know, how loud i'm talking when i'm sober though like let's be real that is true jeremy did because at one at one point when we were at the game after it finally started 
um, we were sitting in, in back and like he was in one row and I was behind him and he just laid back and was like, would you move to Michigan? And I was like, uh, I don't know why. And he goes, I am really happy there. And I would just be so much more happy if you would move to Michigan. That's so <laughs> nice. I don't remember saying that. And you were like, we could become season ticket holders for the um, Grand Rapids Griffins. Oh my and... God. I like planned this life of you moving. I, <laughs> Laura, it's not that I don't still feel that way. I literally don't remember that. <laughs> and just like you were, you held my hand and you were like, I just, and I said, I was like, I really need, my life is still a disaster. I like need to get things sorted. And you're like, okay. And you held my hand and you were like, but I just want you to like really consider it because I would be so much happier if you just moved to Michigan. That's hilarious. I mean, it's true. I just love that I said that. <laughs> I, God, what else? There was something else that I. We oh, ran I into your. What? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. We ran into a childhood best friend of mine, which was fun. Uh, that was great. I need to send him those pictures. Uh, that was great. Out of nowhere. And did, in fact, snag one of the free drinks that we were getting in the cardiac club for him. And, yeah, no, that was great. But I did drunk text an ex. Like, that is something that I did. Yeah, you did do that. That I remember. They haven't replied. That's good. Is it? Or is it hurting well, you deep down? It might be hurting you deep down. I just, you know, I had a lot of clarifying questions to ask when you told me that. Because I was like, I'm not driving you somewhere. So that I can oh. sit in the car <laughs> no, very much with Kyle. Very much in Michigan situation. And it like definitely Kyle wasn't I... one of those. It was not a UF text. Because like, Kyle a... and I are not sitting in the car waiting for you. No, no, no. It was not one of those texts. It was like, uh, I so, I'm, I'm so sorry that this didn't work out for us. In the like, it was like one of those texts. It was not a, <laughs> it was not a UF text. So yeah, oh, there was man. a lot of interesting, interesting things uh, happening. It was also yeah, very man. cold. Um, and yeah. at the, well, you weren't super cold because you were drunk and the alcohol right. was keeping you warm. I, however, was cold. Um, but at the start of the second intermission, um, Kyle looked over at me and just went like this. Are you looking, Jeremy? Mm -hmm. He went. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was it just was like looked straight at me and was like i that was his signal to you i need to go home um so i rounded up my um two drunk cats and we started <laughs> wandering back to the car um yeah and then we just be, i would absolutely be a dog okay my two drunk puppies and go. you know Got us successfully back to the car. Um, learned that Jeremy's brakes are terrible in his car. She gave me intense anxiety. Um, I had to put my foot all the way down to the ground to stop the car. Listen, gotta do what you gotta do. So there is that. But then our sweet baby Kyle just fell asleep in the back seat sure to did. like. To like Jeremy's sadness because Jeremy was really into like talking with Kyle 
We were shooting um, the shit. We were having a good time. <laughs> and he just at one point turned turned around and Kyle was just like dead to the world asleep. He so sure he got a nice like two hour nap on our way back to Columbus. And he did, however, wake up when we were about five minutes from his house and then tell me to go the wrong way on a road. So, you know, he contributed a lot to the situation. Um, but yeah. And then we brought him home and we got to meet he and Danny's beautiful dogs. Um, and we loved them. So cute. Oh my God. It was so good. Moose and Cora. They're beautiful. They're so good. I need a dog. But yeah, no. So overall, great time. Glad you remember it. I definitely, when I think about the game, so the Monsters won. The Monsters won in overtime. We didn't catch the end of it, but that's fine. I, my only thought, and this is going to maybe get hate, but I'm okay with that. It felt like it was an afterthought in a lot of different ways. So like, of course, I don't know that I really, and maybe this is on me. Maybe I was naive for thinking this. The main reason that this whole thing happened for the monsters, in my opinion, is because of Ohio state and Michigan playing their outdoor game. I, that they kept the rink up and in doing so, I mean, like they didn't change anything about the rink. Right. So, I mean, you're still looking at a sheet of ice that has the logo for the, the matchup between Ohio state, and Michigan. You're looking at end zones that are painted in Ohio state, Scarlet and gray and Michigan maize and blue. And there was just something about that to me that I don't want to say it rubbed me the wrong way, but it was just like, it felt like such an afterthought. And then, of course, the game gets postponed till six. And I want to say maybe 20% of folks came back. Yeah, it was a a stark difference. To be fair, people plan their day around this, I'm sure. There was a Cavs game at seven. So people might have made a doubleheader out of it, which is cool and great and good. It just like, I, there was something about it that just like felt disappointing. And it all, like, I don't want to say it like foreshadowed to me, like, why the NHL might be hesitant to do an outdoor game in Ohio, but it kind of felt that way. And like, based on the, based on the amount of folks that were there and based on the demographics of the folks that were there, if that game happens in Cleveland and if it's between the jackets and the penguins, it's going to be a penguins game. Yeah. So those were just my initial reactions and thoughts. I just had feelings about it, and maybe I shouldn't have had them, and maybe I was being dramatic. We know me. I do that sometimes. No, but. I felt I felt very similarly. Like, And I felt also bad for all the people that had put in all of this work to, like, get this game together and, like, you know, all this sort of stuff. And Because there were, you know, a decent-sized amount of people when we were first there when the game was supposed to start at 1.00. And then, of course, you get this news that it's going to be delayed five hours. And there's a stark difference, as we learned, when you're expecting to be done with something at, like, 4.30. And now you're not going to be done with it until, like, 9.30. Like, that's a big hitch in your plans. And, like, the part of town that Cleveland, like, that the Brown Stadium is in, like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do, but it all costs money. So, like, you're coming to this game, you've already spent money on the game, 
And so now if you want to do anything for the next five hours, you have to now go spend more money. Um, and if you leave like with your car, you're gonna have to pay for parking twice and parking wasn't exactly inexpensive. Um, so yeah, it was just like, and only in Ohio are you going to hear something being postponed because of unexpected sunshine. Like, that, like it was a beautiful day. Like, it was such a beautiful day in Cleveland. And it just was such a bummer. Because honestly, like, yeah, the percentage of people that actually came back um, for it was, you know, disappointing. And it just, it had such potential, but like, yeah, it definitely was an afterthought. And it's not like they didn't have time in between the games that were happening on that rink to change it out and make it for the monsters. Like they had all that time, like, you know, sheets of ice on ice rinks are what we learned are only three quarters of an inch thick. So like, we're not talking about a lot of melting and refree, like, they had the time to do it and they just didn't give it the respect that it deserved. And, and that's the disappointing part, but we had fun. We know the people around us had fun and, you know, it just was disappointing to see it have to work out that way. They should have just always planned to have that game after, you know, closer to sunset, um, regardless of what the weather was going to look like, but you know, it is what it is now. I know they learned a lot of lessons, but it's just sad to see it play out that way. It was, yes. A future reference, 4.30 start at the at the latest, or earliest. Yeah. Let's work on that. Mm-hmm. But, Laura, is there anything else on your radar that we didn't touch on from this weekend? All the action, all the things to come. I mean, we've got a couple of Jackets games coming up this week. I think there's only one in between the amount of time that we record. Oh, God. Yeah. Only got one. Only got one game this week, actually. Got a game on Saturday. But, yeah, the the Jackets have Pittsburgh on Tuesday. That'll be an interesting one. So, as you're listening to this one, hopefully you're getting ready to watch the Jackets play in Pittsburgh. Fascinating little tidbit here. Uh, The last time the Jackets won in Pittsburgh, Barack Obama was the president. (laughs) Um, So... That sucks. <laughs> that, that does suck. Two um, one win. I, I courtesy to Mark Shag on that one. He's the one that, that I saw that tweet from. I think he said that the Blue Jackets goal scorers in that two one win were Scott Harrington and Brandon Dubinsky. So uh, wow, they're not going to get on the scoreboard uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. But hopefully, the Jackets are able to finally win a game in Pittsburgh for the first time in almost eight years, and that is. That is brutal. Now, again, to be fair, of course, the Jackets didn't play Pittsburgh for an entire season because of COVID and all of that kind of stuff. But woof. Yeah, it would be a confidence boost for Elvis, too, since his like first ever NHL game was in Pittsburgh and it was a disaster. So be kind of nice. But again, we go into all expectations with no expectations at this point. So. Did you say we go into all expectations with no expectations? Mm-hmm. I okay, that. you're sticking with that. You're like rolling with that, yep. like locking in your final answer. Okay, got it. Yeah, we go. <laughs> I love hey, you. this is my birthday episode. I can say what I want. <laughs> That's fair. That is very true. You can say what you want on any episode. Let's be real. That's true. But no, I just want to say, you know, thank you to all of the people that we got to hang out with this weekend in any capacity. To all the friends that we saw on Friday night at 
the Blue Jackets game, you know, obviously Danny and Kyle and Megan and Reese and Eli and Katie. And we met Jeremy, introduced us to new friends um, that we had conversations with and got to talk about the show with and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm just always happier when I'm in an arena and when I'm around people that, you know, I love and adore and share this crazy um, addiction to the Blue Jackets with. So Little Boomer, um, you know, all those people, all those humans. You just made my birthday very special. And even though technically my birthday's not done yet because I'm a typical middle child and must spread it out for as long as physically possible. But this was the majority of it and it was perfect. So, and thank you to Jeremy for driving all the way down here for spending the weekend for carting me around anytime that's what i'm here for i appreciate it and i, I appreciate like, you i kind of like you oh i kind of like I, you too how, how sweet how nice are we but laura i can't think of a better way to finish celebrating your birthday on this episode mm than to take this section of the show away from you. <laughs> you all can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. I want to no, see if you miss Oh, God. I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> I, we, you've added more to it since the last time I did it. So now yeah. let me try it. Okay. I'll try it. What the fuck? Why not? All right. You all can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube by looking up Subjectively Speaking. We've got a really cool website. Yours truly designed it. That's speaking.com. If you want to buy our merch, because people have been telling us we got to plug it. So we're going to plug it more. Don't you say that sometimes? We're going to plug mm-hmm. it more. Uh, you can go to subjectivelymerch.com. And my friend Bree just bought a couple of Here's Johnny things, and they came out great. So check that out. Go go support your two favorite podcasters. And we're not sure why it matters, uh, but go ahead, give us some rates, reviews, subscribe to us. Again, like Laura always says, we don't know why it matters, but go down, give us a five-star rating. Five is our favorite number, so go ahead and do that. And uh, we just, you know, it helps us to get noticed in the Hockey Podcast charts and to, you know, build this little community of ours that we've worked so hard to grow. And so, you know, other than that, just know that we love and appreciate you all so much. Yay! It was good. Yeah. Put my whole thing into it. Wait, you get to do mine now. Oh yeah. So until next time, uh, you know we've got a little bit of jackets hockey, uh, but other than that, uh, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Hate us. Bye, everyone. Have a good (laughs) week.